That night, after reading up on more details of the Marilyn Shepard murder, I wrote a script I felt conveyed the atmosphere of the actual crime. The added scene, of course, was the what-if of a bushy-haired intruder as the killer. I made copies to distribute to the members of the cast. We were all to meet at the house the next day at noon for a dress rehearsal and Q&A, along with a friend from the theater department, Peter Nagel, who would videotape it and later help me edit before presenting the final product to Professor Tucker. Too wired to sleep, I got up in the middle of the night and made myself a cup of green tea. I had a mind to go over to Elliot's and snuggle up beside him in bed, but I had learned the hard way that he wasn't too big on surprises, even if it benefited him equally. I decided to drive over to the rental house, where I could go over the script once more in an atmosphere that would be most apropos. Twenty minutes later, as I pulled into the driveway, I noted a vehicle parked down the street beside a cluster of pine trees. It struck me as odd, only because there were no houses on either side to associate it with. Maybe the driver had car problems or decided to stop and get some sleep before heading elsewhere. I pushed those thoughts away and went up to the house. The front door was slightly ajar. Studying the lock, it looked as if it had been jimmied. Had someone broken in? I found that hard to accept as the house was currently unoccupied and I'd seen nothing inside of particular value. Nonetheless, I wasn't going to dismiss the possibility outright, especially with the door showing clear signs of being forced open. Taking out the pepper mace I kept in my purse for protection, I entered the house guardedly. It took a moment or two for my eyes to adjust to the darkness. Hello, I said, as if I were visiting rather than being visited by an uninvited guest. I got no response and called out again with the same result. I began to mount the stairs, hopeful that if anyone had been in the house, they were long gone by now. That's when I heard the hardwood creaking on the first floor, and there was no mistaking the footsteps. My heart lurched. Who's there? Instead of an answer, the steps picked up their pace, past the kitchen, down the hall, and into the doorway leading to the back door. A moment later, I heard the door open and slam shut. Instinctively and perhaps foolishly, I ran back down the stairs and out the front door, hoping the intruder might come that way and show his or her face. I was too late for that. I saw the back of someone wearing a hooded sweater race toward the car parked on the street and get inside. Without giving it much thought, I jumped off the porch and ran after the person, still hoping to get a look at the face or a license plate number. I failed on both counts as the car sped away, leaving me in its wake. What did the intruder want in the house? I thought of the creepy rental agent and wondered if he had left something inside from yesterday. But he had a key, so he wouldn't need to break in. Stranger things had happened, though. I went back inside and cut on some lights. There was no indication anything had been taken. Not that I would know upon a cursory glance as I wasn't familiar with the house's contents. I thought I heard a noise upstairs. Was someone still here? Or was it just the sounds associated with an older house settling? Climbing the stairs once again, I kept my mace handy. Upon reaching the second floor, I cut on the hall light. The illumination poured into the various rooms, but I focused on the master bedroom. The door was partially shut which was strange in and of itself. I distinctly remembered it being wide open when Elliot and I completed our tour yesterday, and I was pretty sure that Luther Pickford had left the house at the same time we did. There was no reason to believe he would have come back, which wasn't the same thing as saying he hadn't. It occurred to me that besides the intruder who got away, 
the house could have mice or some other pests looking for company. The thought was unsettling. Using my foot, I pushed the door open slowly, keeping the pepper mace as my line of defense. My eyes went straight to the bed. I screamed in shock and horror when I saw a woman lying flat on her stomach with a large knife protruding from her back. The woman's face was turned awkwardly to the side and her eyes were staring blankly at me. It took a moment to realize where I'd seen that face before. Twice. Yesterday at the library and then the Biltmore Theatre Company. Camellia Fenkel.